What tonight's service is all about is prayer, all right? Uh, This is a prayer night. If you just walked in and you're visiting for the first time, what we usually do is we have worship up front, and then uh, we'll have a Bible study. I'll teach a message from Scripture. Uh, But tonight is going to be a little bit different. We're dedicating tonight solely to prayer, um, specifically for the elections. We have an election tomorrow, um, and I know that if you have social media or if you you know, watch TV or anything. I mean, you, you have realized just the importance of this election and all of the hype that has gone into this uh, day tomorrow and uh, the coming, next coming weeks and maybe the possible arguments and the division that has been caused uh, because of this election. Um, tonight, I, I want us to pray. Uh, can we do that together? Can we dedicate tonight to prayer, and I know that many of you, you know, automatically are probably thinking, um, pray, prayer and, and praying out loud um, is uncomfortable for me, um, but we as Christians, we need to get used to feeling uncomfortable, amen? Uh, I'm not going to call anyone out, I'm not going to have anyone come up under the lights and pray in the mic, all right, I'll, I'll explain the format here uh, in a moment, but we need to commit tomorrow's election to the Lord, And that's what tonight's service is going to be about. So here's the format. We're going to pray, and we're also going to have some worship interwoven uh, throughout the prayer time tonight. It's just going to be real organic, very chill. We've kind of stripped down the worship session tonight. It's just going to be a chill, organic night of worship and prayer. And it's going to be very refreshing to your hearts, I hope. So what we're going to do is I've chosen three particular topics uh, that I want us to pray for tonight. Three particular topics I want us to pray for tonight, and then we together, as Christians, from a biblical worldview, from a biblical perspective, are going to commit those three specific topics to prayer. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put those three particular topics on the back wall behind me, one at a time, and then we're going to just pray together for those three individual topics. So I'll put, it, uh, I'll put one on the back wall, and then I'll say, go and, and, and pray. And, and where you're seated, you'll just pray for about three to five minutes. Um, and I also want you to feel the freedom to huddle with other people. Um, if you're comfortable with the few that you're sitting with, feel free just to huddle with them and pray together. Um, I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable, though. Obviously, I know some... Um, you know, just with the social distancing thing, you'd prefer maybe just to pray alone or pray uh, kind of off to yourself. That's totally fine. I'm not asking anyone to find another person or don't feel pressure to be pulled into a group, but I just want to give you the, the freedom and the liberty. If you feel the comfortable, the comfortability with, you feel comfortable with those, those few people around you, uh, like your friends or your family, then feel the freedom to huddle with those people. And then here's also what I want, all right? I want you to feel the freedom to pray out loud. I want to hear the body of Christ tonight praying out loud. Uh, Just kind of this holy murmur across the room tonight. No one's going to be distracting or standing up, all right? This isn't a time to prophesy or stand up and, and, and be a distraction, all right, but I do want you to feel the freedom, especially if, if you're in a group together, just pray out loud. Pray out loud together and take turns praying for the particular topics that I'll put up on the screen. So feel that freedom to just quietly where you're seated, even if you're alone, just to quietly pray out loud to the Lord. I love to hear, and, and, and I know that you too will be encouraged just when you hear 
everyone praying out loud, okay? So I want you to feel the freedom to get with your friends and uh, pray out loud. And obviously, no obligation. You can pray just where you are all by yourself. Um, So before we get started, I just want to read something from Psalm 125, just to get our hearts right, to get our hearts in just this mode of prayer. Um, And then I'll pray, and then I'll present the first topic to us, okay? So this is what Psalm 125 says. It says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them away with the workers of iniquity. But peace be upon Israel. And I'll also insert there, peace be upon our nation, America. So let's do this now. I'm going to present the first topic. If you could put that first topic on the back wall for me. And uh, this topic is on the topic of religious freedom, okay? And, And here are just some prayer points to get you started. Prayer points. Pray and ask for the Lord to continue to preserve our religious freedom enshrined in the Bill of Rights. Pray against any government overreach that threatens those rights. Pray for free speech to always be protected for people sharing their faith and for pastors teaching from the pulpit. And the scripture references Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So in your prayer time, uh, you can pray additional thoughts or additional things, but these are just Uh, points for you so you can be looking up at the screen so it can keep us focused in our prayer time. So let's do that now. Go and pray for religious freedom in our nation. Go and pray and then I'll be back up. All right, I'm going to call, I'm going to have Jonathan come up on stage and I'm going to have Jonathan close out this particular topic with prayer. Let's pray, church. Father God, We come before you as a congregation of your children, of your followers, to be unified and to lift up your name at this pivotal moment in our nation's history. Lord, I pray that we not ever take for granted the blessing that is our freedom to practice our beliefs openly. Lord, we are so thankful that we can gather publicly in this place without fear of imprisonment or death to come and proclaim your name as your body. Lord, but I pray also, as we know that your early church did not have this freedom, may we be ready, God, to always proclaim your name, regardless of of whether or not our, our, our government says it's okay, because it's not our government at the end of the day we've been to, Lord. It is your will and your ways. So, Father, empower us First of all, to not take for granted this great blessing that it is to to, to speak freely in our nation, but that we may stand firm for you in all seasons. We lift up these candidates. We lift up all our elected leaders. We lift up the leader who will rise up and be our, our next president. We pray for them and that you press upon their heart the importance of the freedom to practice our faith in you, 
the freedom to speak freely, Lord. Protect your church, God, we pray. Let us never grow complacent, God. Let us always glorify you, regardless of who is in power, Jesus. Because as long as you are the one watching over the nations, we can always have steadfast confidence and full contentment in you. Thank you, Jesus. Endless praise, endless praise 
This next topic is the topic of life. I want us to be praying for the topic of life. But to set this topic up, I'd actually like to show you a video. So turn your attention to the back wall. Listen, it is time for Christians to engage the culture. It has been 47 years since abortion was legalized in America. And because of Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton, the two decisions that legalized abortion in our country, it is legal to kill a baby through all nine months of pregnancy for any reason or no reason at all, funded by the public dole. It is time for us to get off the bench and engage and love our preborn neighbors. Listen, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, this lawyer asked Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the lawyer desiring to justify himself said, and who is my neighbor? Friends, there is no other class of human beings that that question is more frequently asked of than our unborn neighbors. They are treated as a non-neighbor and a non-person that we somehow do not have the responsibility to act politically to save. It's time for Christians to abandon their concern over partisan labels of being perceived as partisan hacks because we're willing to engage in the political tools that people bled to give us in this constitutional republic so that we can protect the only class of human beings that it is still currently legal to kill. Preborn children created in the image of God. Our opponents tell us, well, you can't be a single issue voter. You need to hold all of these issues uh, at a similar playing field. You need to juggle and take them all into consideration. My only question for our progressive brothers and sisters is this. Would you say the same thing about slavery? Would you accuse abolitionists in the 1850s of being overly concerned with slavery and elevating that above other issues? No, of course not. If it's slavery, we all become single-issue voters. So I'm concerned that our Christian brothers and sisters are not as concerned about protecting our pre-born neighbors as they would be for treating any other class of victims inappropriately and denying them that first and most important of all rights, the right to life. So we as Christians need to engage on the battlefield of abortion and we need to bring moral, spiritual, and political clarity to the issue of abortion. Listen, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a man who fought his own country in their institution of genocide, once said, not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. God will not hold us guiltless. William Wilberforce, that great abolitionist in the British colony, says that a private faith that does not act in the face of of oppression is no faith at all. It's time for us to learn from our spiritual forefathers, get our boots on the ground, get off the bench, protect our pre-born neighbors, go to the polls, get pro-life candidates elected who will respect their only job description to protect the life, liberty, and property of American citizens. And that includes our pre-born neighbors. There's an account in Matthew chapter 22 where the Pharisees, they tried to trap Jesus, which was their specialty, so they thought. They would always attempt to trap Jesus. And so in Matthew 22, it says that the Pharisees, they come to Jesus and they try to trap him with a question concerning taxes. And they come to Jesus and and they say, Jesus... And the reason this was so controversial was because the Roman government, who was the predominant dominating empire of the day, the Roman government was very oppressive to the Jewish people, 
especially when it came to their taxes. So the Pharisees come to Jesus attempting to put him in a trap. And they say, Jesus, should we pay our taxes to the Romans, to the oppressive Romans? Is it right to pay our taxes? And Jesus, he, I wish I had the wisdom of Jesus in answering those kind of difficult questions, but obviously Jesus being God in flesh brilliantly, brilliantly answers them. And he, he says, go, go get me a coin. Go get me a, a coin of the day, a coin you pay taxes with. So they, they, they go, they get a denarius, denarii, they come back with it, they give it to Jesus. Jesus looks at it. He shows it to him and he says, whose image is on this coin? And they say, Caesar. And he says, well, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. And so Jesus there, he says, this coin bears the image of Caesar, so give it to, give it to Caesar. So then the question is, who then bears the image of God? Because whoever bears the image of God, give it to God. You know who bears the image of God? Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his image. He created male and female in his image. You bear the image of God. You do. You bear the image of God. So listen to me on this, guys. Therefore, we have no right to take innocent human life in the womb. Why? Because the innocent life in the womb bears the image of God. It is God's prerogative and God's prerogative alone to take or give life. It is God's prerogative. It is God's right alone to take or give innocent life in the womb. Because why? Because that life bears God's image. It doesn't bear, bear ours. Therefore, we have no right to say who lives or who dies in the womb. That is God's prerogative because you bear the image of God and so does the preborn. because Psalm, in Psalm 139, it says, for you created me, you created my inmost being. David says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, in the 1800s, when slavery was the predominant issue. Those who favored in keeping slavery, they made two arguments as to why they thought they should have the right to have slaves. Two arguments. First, they said, I should have a right to have a slave, number one, because they are not fully human, or they they don't possess the full rights of personhood. And then number two, because they're my property. Where does that argument sound familiar today? The pro-choice advocate says about the pre-born, number one, they are not fully human, do not carry the rights of full personhood, and number two, they are my property, my body, so my choice. It's the same argument, and they were singing that song, My Property, My Choice, 200 years ago, when it was legal, but just because it's legal doesn't make it moral. 
And we need to step up, church, as the body of Christ, holding a biblical value, uh, holding up biblical values and our biblical worldview when it comes to the topic of life. And we need to be praying, church. We need to be praying that God would soften our hearts and would transform lives from the inside out so that they would see that the right to life does not come from government and the right to life does not come from someone else's opinion. The right to life comes from the Lord and the Lord alone. And that's why the Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So we may, may we be a praying people. May we support life and may we pray for the protection of the preborn who are created in God's image just as you are. Amen? So if you could put the topic of life on the back wall for me. And the next four to five minutes, I want us to be praying for life. And here are our prayer points. Pray for life to be protected from the womb to the tomb. Pray for pro-life policies to be enacted and pro-life candidates to be elected. Pray for an end to abortion in America. Pray for women and men who need to know God's forgiveness and grace after an abortion. Psalm 139, 14, For you formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So go now, four to five minutes, pray. Pray for life, church. Let's pray. I'm going to call Rachel Hellman up, and Rachel is going to close this specific topic out by praying. Let's pray, guys. Father, um, we come to you tonight, Lord, just um, brokenhearted um, over this issue of abortion. Um, And God, we humbly ask and we um, just pray that whatever happens tomorrow, whoever gets elected um, as our president and and all the other uh, seats for office, Lord, we ask that you would um, just place it on their hearts, um, a passion for life, God, a passion for policies that promote life, Lord. May life be our foundation and our policies, Lord. And, And so we just pray that whatever happens tomorrow, um, that abortion would start to come to an end in America. Lord, we pray for that right now. We ask, God, that you would just burden our hearts um, for the lost lives to abortion. And and we just ask that um, we would repent, God, and we would um, just come to you and ask for forgiveness and and that it would be something that we would fight for, that we would um, fight for the end of abortion. And and so, God, we just pray for that in our country. Um, God, I pray for the men and the women who have been um, just a part of abortion. Lord, we ask that um, you would speak to them and and that they would get to receive your forgiveness and receive your grace, God, that they would know that um, they can still come to the foot of the cross. 
But God, we just we just pray for this um, atrocity that happens, and um, God, just ask for um, your protection over the unborn. Lord, we pray that you would um, minister to the women who are thinking about abortions, um, to the men who are um, pushing for abortions. God, we, we just ask that you would um, convict their hearts right now, um, and we just pray that whatever happens tomorrow, whatever happens in the coming years, whatever happens um, in the future elections, Lord, that um, no matter what has happened, politically, um, that we as a nation would stand against abortion and we would stand against the killing um, of people who who hold your image, um, God. And, and so we just pray for this all in your name. And we thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. is 
topic of tonight. We are going to end tonight by just praying for the election tomorrow and praying for the candidates themselves. Listen, I don't know where Joe Biden and Donald Trump are with the Lord. Um, and so ultimately, no matter, no matter who you like or who, who you're voting for, I think we can all unite on the fact that we should be praying for their salvation that we should be praying for. I don't, I don't know where, where their hearts are with the Lord, and so we're just going to commit them both to the Lord. And so I want you to be praying for their salvation, that the Lord would reveal himself to them in a powerful way, um, and that they would humble themselves and would come to know Jesus in a powerful way and come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. So I want us to be praying for the candidates in this four to five minutes, and I want us to be praying for their protection. I want us to be praying for their families. And so if you could put up our prayer points on the back wall here, I want us to be praying for God's will to be done, for God to raise up the right candidates to be president and vice president for such a time as this. Pray for the candidates and their families. Pray for our nation to be peace, to peacefully accept whichever candidate is elected. Pray for clear, decisive results to avoid a disputed election or legal challenges. And 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Amen. All right, so go into your prayer time the next three, four, five minutes. Pray for the candidates and pray for the election. Pray that God's will would be done. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you now, and it's so encouraging to hear this room praying together as one body. And we do pray, Lord, that your will would be done in tomorrow's election. Lord, you are sovereign. You are in control, Lord. We do not put our trust or our hope in government or one single person, Lord. We put our trust and our hope in you. You are sovereign. You are in control. And may your will be done, Lord. We pray for Joe Biden. We pray for President Donald Trump. And we ask that you would reveal yourself to them individually in a powerful way, Lord. That they would both, if, if they haven't already, Lord, that they would come to know your son, Jesus Christ. That they would turn and repent from sin and Accept Jesus as their Savior, Lord, that you would soften their hearts, that you would do a work in their lives and in, their, in the lives of their family. Lord, protect them. Keep them safe. Protect our nation. May our nation 
peaceably accept whoever becomes the next president. May you keep our nation safe. And may we look to you as our ultimate hope, Lord. We love you. Thank you, Lord, for being in control. We can trust you. You are God over the universe. Therefore, you are God over this election. And we trust you with the results, Lord. Our hope is in you. May your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Hey, let's stand up together and let's sing this song out together. Uh, It's called, Oh, Praise the Name. And let's just lift up our voices, sing loud to the Lord, and just glorify him with our voices as we sing this last song. Psalm 121 says, 
I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel, he who keeps America, shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going and your coming from this time forth, now, and forevermore. Amen? Amen. Amen. We just give you tonight, we give you tomorrow, and no matter what happens tomorrow, Lord, and in the coming weeks, Lord, you are on the throne, you are in control, and we praise you, and we look to you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity and this privilege that we get tonight to approach your throne of grace with boldness and confidence. Thank you for this relationship that we get to have with the God of the universe who welcomes us as his kids any time of the day just to present our requests to you and to pray to you and you hear us, Lord. It's an amazing concept to know that the God of the universe who created everything is attentive to our prayers. And so we come to you tonight, God, and we praise you and we lift up the name of Jesus high, for you are high and lifted up. Exalt yourself in this place, exalt yourself in the election tomorrow, and exalt yourself in our nation, that people would repent from sin and turn from sin and come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, for there is true freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. So we love you, God, and we give you tomorrow's results. No matter what happens, you are in control. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen.